Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Menashe. On today's show, we're examining one of the least understood financial institutions in the investment world. That is the family office. Let's say your family's amassed a certain amount of wealth. The problems of managing intergenerational wealth are wide and varied. The generation that created the wealth often has a very different set of values than the generation that comes after it. The next generation may be more focused on managing the wealth, and by the third generation, a sense of entitlement can kick in and spending becomes more important than growth. Family grow up comfortable, and the funds seem endless. The assets are passed down from generation to generation, and with each subsequent generation, the values change. If your values and beliefs are that money is used to make money, then you're going to use that money to multiply your wealth. I know a few people who grow up with money, but all they truly learned was consumption. Having a lot of money simply meant those people were going to consume more. Tension and conflict often arises in families where intergenerational wealth collides with those new and differing values. One sibling might be industrious and focused on growing the family wealth. Another might be more important to them to focus on creature comforts. And still another might hold a full-time job and view themselves as stewards of the inherited money to be passed down to the next generation. None of these are right or wrong. They're just different. And as I'm sure you can visualize the labels that are flying around in that family. Maybe one's a freeloader. The other one's a workaholic. Perhaps another one's a miser. A family office can serve a very valuable role in creating a sense of governance principles that ensure the family stays aligned in terms of how the funds are to be invested and how the profits are to be distributed or reinvested. Establishing a code of ethics for the family is one of the most important steps in managing family wealth. It determines how decisions are made, which decisions will be made by a hard money manager, and which ones require consensus of all the stakeholders in the family. The cost of not creating a compass for the family could be incredibly high. It can lead to family disputes and mismanaged expectations. It can lead to a total loss of capital due to misaligned priorities within the family, and in the worst case, even lawsuits. In some cases, ignoring this area could make the difference between a family sustaining its wealth through the second, third, and fourth generations or losing it altogether. Once the values and ethics for the family office are established, the next part is the investment mandate. This defines the types of investments that meet the family's investment criteria. And then the systems, processes, and performance indicators that the professional investment managers are going to use to manage the family's money. Without these elements in place, it's virtually impossible to hold anyone accountable. The primary concern of those with wealth is wealth preservation. The path to creating and generating wealth is most influenced by what you say no to. Individual family members may have a tendency to recommend investments based on a hot tip from a friend, but they don't always have the discipline to complete a thorough due diligence. A family office reduces the risk of loss by taking a disciplined approach to the due diligence. The fact is, each investment decision requires a measure of due diligence. It requires consensus. And if an investment goes bad, the risk is high that the family member who made the investment decision gets the blame for it. And siblings could start demanding compensation from each other for the losses. Having funds professionally managed by a third party helps reduce the risk of recriminations. Many high net worth families seek alternative investments that offer the combination of high rates of return and safety. They're looking for asymmetric risk-reward profiles. For example, many high-net-worth families invest in timber these days. Trees generate wealth every year regardless of the economic conditions. They rely on the sun and the rain to do their job, and the growth in organic material approaches about 15% a year. These are not the typical investment choices that the average investor has available at their disposal. 
you can go buy stock in a forestry company, but the profits available to public shareholders are a fraction of the returns you would receive if you owned a timber stand outright and perhaps hired a forestry company to come and sustainably harvest and manage that forest. High net worth families need to make larger investments to have a manageable portfolio. That restricts the choice of eligible investments. If a family has, say, $50 million in liquid cash, they're not going to be making $100,000 investment decisions. It's simply not worth the paperwork. It's interesting to note that a recent survey of family offices found that nearly half of the investments were between $500,000 and $5 million, and the rest were for projects that were over $5 million in size, and that's across the entire landscape of family offices. Many family offices invest in private offerings that offer higher yield and greater control. The discipline to complete the due diligence and manage the investments on an ongoing basis requires the systems and procedures that only a professional team can offer. As the portfolio grows, so too does the workload required to meet the goals of the investment charter for that particular family. That's a little glimpse of what's happening in the world of family offices and how they function. In the meantime, as you're thinking about that, maybe you're looking to develop relationships with a family office. Have a spectacular day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.